0: All
1: right, before we get started with the actual podcast, I have to react to that blowout loss the Brooklyn Nets got absolutely shellacked by the Toronto Raptors, a Raptors team, without Fred Van Vliet. Scotty Barnes, holy shit, did he look good tonight. Um, He absolutely torched the friggin' Nets. 28 points and 16 rebounds in 34 minutes. Those numbers are absolutely insane. Um, Malachi Flynn, 18 points. Precious Achua, 20 points. Thaddeus Young, 11 points. Of course, it had to be Thaddeus, right? Yeah, he made Bruce Brown look bad on a few plays there in that, uh, meat portion of the game. It was either the second or third quarter. But, the Nets obviously don't have their guys. We say that every single... Kill the fly, fruit fly in my apartment. Every single game, we say the Nets don't have their guys. I'm tired of saying it. Uh... It's definitely annoying to have to repeat like 40 times a year, but we had some guys. I mean, Andre Drummond was there, had a very scary moment with him, thought thought he might have been done, but turns out he was fine. Um, still have Seth Curry. I mean, he just couldn't get it going tonight. We were always down. There wasn't really a moment for him to sort of generate any offense or, or get in, into a rhythm. Same with Cam Thomas, was not able to get into it tonight. Uh, even Aldridge looked looked a step slow. The Nets just didn't bring it tonight. Plain and simple, had to deal with Steve Nash before the game being out. Of course, of course he's out due to health and safety protocols. When will we catch a fucking break? Every single week, it's something new with this organization. I'm I'm sick of it. Nobody in the NBA. Has it this up and down? Don't compare us to the Lakers because the Lakers are flat out bad. We are not the Lakers. But you knew this game was essentially over in the first quarter when we allowed 42 Raptors points. I think that was the most in any first quarter this season. Um, Just one of those games. But you know what? These are important games because Toronto is the seventh seed. They just picked up a game on us. We play them again tonight. So make a statement. You guys made a statement the other day against Milwaukee. Obviously, you had Kyrie there to do it. Helps to have Kyrie, but unfortunately, you don't have that luxury right now. You do have capable guys if you're the Brooklyn Nets. And that's what you're going to hear me say on this podcast. You're going to hear me wax poetic about Seth Curry, about Andre Drummond, about Cam Thomas. All right? About Kessler Edwards, if you give him a chance. This team still has a solid roster. They're one of the deeper teams in the league. Even though they're down guys, they should still compete against the Toronto Raptors at home. All right? Patty Mills, step up. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging this whole Nets team. Kevin Durant is almost back. He's right around the corner. Win one more without him, please. All right, I hope you guys like my opening rant and enjoy the rest of the episode. <laughs> welcome to fireside nets with spen and nick brought to you by empire sports media we are your hosts spen nick and hey it's great to have you back you were not here last week i had stefan bondi on for the 100th episode you of course missed it i ended up inviting stefan bondi to my bachelor party in the next few months which was very interesting Uh, But quick shout out to Stefan Bondi. He was awesome. Awesome guest to have. We talked a lot of Nets, a lot of basically everything NBA during that All-Star break. And uh, he was a little disappointed that you weren't able to make the show.
0: Well, I just want to give a shout out to a guy I know named Bondi Sugarman. He's my Amazon rep. He works at Amazon. He's a great uh, customer support representative. And uh, Stefan Bondi's name reminded me of him. So shout out to another Bondi.
1: Yeah, we're only shouting out people who are on this podcast or promote this podcast. If your Bondi does neither, then I don't want to hear his name again.
0: Okay, my apologies.
1: All right, and you were at a bachelor party. That is why you missed uh, the podcast. You were were partying over there in Colorado. So tell us, tell us all the details. How was it? What do you guys do? I want to hear everything before we get started on these Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, it was a really fun time. I
0: want to give a congratulations to Antony Sayre and Samantha Schlager, who are getting married at the end of May this year. Anthony is uh, uh, just graduating from med school, and Sam's a nurse, two very smart, successful people, and we celebrated their relationship uh, uh, to the full extent.
1: Wow, that sounds really noble of you guys. Yes, it was. All right, before we get started, um, I already shouted out on Bondi, but I did want to shout out one other person. Um, their name is Pod Thorne. It's a joke on Rod Thorne, the old general manager. or He was the owner of the Brooklyn Nets? No, he was the
0: GM. He was the one who I emailed saying, why are you playing Jason Collins when I was like 12 years old? And he responded to me and it was like, thanks for being such a great fan. Jason Collins so, sets great picks.
1: So here's what I want. Here's why I want to shout out Pod Thorne. And you can uh, find him on Twitter at Pod Thorne. Pod is someone who, he's a Nets guy, he covers the Nets, he has some great opinions, he's always in the spaces, but he is the, look, we're obviously in a competitive space where there are, we're not the only Nets podcast, we think we're the best Nets podcast, but we're not the only Nets podcast, so when I post, hey, Nick and I are going to have a show later today around 6 p.m., not going to get a lot of retweets from other people with Nets podcasts, but Pod Thorne is different, he has a Nets podcast, I know he does one with Samuel Lacho. He retweeted us. This is like the second or third week in a row he retweeted us. So, Podthorn, if you're listening, shout out to you. Thank you very much for the support. Um, no bullshit. I appreciate it.
0: Some people call him Potty Divac.
1: No one calls him that. I think his real name is Viez Y-V-E-S. He had another account, I think, before with his real name, but I think he changed it to Podthorn. Either way, whatever your name is, I appreciate you and love to get you on the pod sometime. Awesome. All right, let's get into some Brooklyn Nets. Post-All-Star game or All-Star weekend, they are one and one, two very different ball games. We will start with the game on Saturday against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, do you have the score in front of you? I got to pull it up. 126 to 123 was the final. The Nets won. Huge win for the Brooklyn Nets. As far as... Importance goes. This was an extremely important win. You only have a few games left before Kevin Durant gets back. So to beat a, basically a healthy team in the Bucks, they had Middleton, they had Holiday, they had Antetokounmpo, they had Bobby Portis, who, by the way, I've never seen Bobby Portis shoot like that. He hit eight threes. I mean, 30 points for him, 12 rebounds. He would not fucking miss. Bobby Pierce for at, three. It just seems, Nick, and, and tell me I'm crazy that these players, nothing against Bobby Portis, he's a solid player, but these guys just have the games of their lives against the Nets. A few months ago, I remember, I think it was Tory Craig when we played Indiana. I, th- I know we won that game, but he put up like 20-something against us. Lance Stevenson, uh, Terrence Ross has had some big games against us. There's some reason, these – Average to above-average players tend to just go off against the Nets. I don't get it. I mean, this is an
0: exception, dude. This is Bobby Portis' best game of his life, his highest. No, that's what I'm saying. I understand that, but I'm saying he also just couldn't miss with guys in his face. He was hitting threes. It was just kind of a Bobby Portis show. Doesn't Bobby Portis seem like one of those guys in the league for 15
1: years, but somehow he's only 27? He's come a long way from punching Nikola Mirotic in the face. He was like basically (laughs) – No, it was, there was a while. He had a bad reputation. He bounced around a little bit, and then he ends up – it's all about situations. You end up in a good situation. You win a championship. You completely change the narrative on your career. Javal McGee is one of those guys. He was a shacked and a Fool – a uh, recurring member for a while he played Javal McGee was on those wizards teams early I think with Nick Young and Gilbert Arenas and uh, he's managed to win a few championships and, and stay in the NBA for a while I don't know if he ever played with Arenas but he, he was on those wizards teams back in the day just a, but, a little
0: side tangent because you mentioned yeah. Shaq did you see all the articles coming out New York Post CNN TMZ on Shaq apparently Gary Payton claims that uh, when Shaq was a uh, you know a couple years into or maybe he's more of a veteran he would pour his own urine onto rookies while they were in bathroom stalls.
1: Uh, not a good look for Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, I didn't see that. Um I, I don't know. Like I don't really I know I know nothing about Shaq. I know that people who I know have had in, interactions with him he's not the nicest guy if to to certain people, but then I hear he's a really great guy when it comes to giving back to the community. I think I heard he's uh, he a great is, guy.
0: I think he, I mean, listen, he's probably changed too in 20 years from dumping right. pee on people. It's just kind of gross. Like I'm thinking of myself, listen, me and my college roommates used to mess with each other by doing like when someone was taking a hot shower, you'd pour cold water over the, the rail sure. into the shower just to give them a That's little the shock, shock value. And yeah. even that got really annoying,
1: but it no, was just pee. Don't fuck with people and don't use your urine to fuck with people. It's pretty simple. Um, but I, I get rookie hazing. I just don't get pouring urine on people. We don't endorse rookie hazing. No, listen, you want to mess around
0: or make them carry your luggage. Don't say you endorse hazing. I didn't say I
1: endorse it. I said, I get it. And by hazing, I don't mean like making them do gross shit. I mean like putting popcorn in their car.
0: Yeah. You mean like PG rated rookie pranks?
1: I'm sorry. Hazing is not the right. right. right, Can we we get, can we get to this Nets game? Yeah. I'm glad we clarified that. Okay. So Bobby Portis, fantastic game. Now let's get to the nets. Kyrie Irvin, I know we say it a lot on this podcast and you can criticize Kyrie for whatever you want. His, his vaccination outlook, his, uh, idea that the world was flat at one point, you know, you, you can criticize Kyrie for a lot if you wanted to, but what you can't criticize Kyrie for is basketball because that man is so good at his craft. He's so special that when he laces it up laces them up and he goes out there and puts on a show you think holy shit if this guy was full time how many more wins would the nets have this year right the nets are sitting i think at the 8th seat if kyrie did not sit out for the you know for the first half of the season and was playing the home games they would have such a better record because he's so good at what he does 38 points for kyrie in this one he was virtually unguardable at, at a lot of points in this game uh, some big free throws down the stretch, uh, a huge three. I think when they were down five with, I want to say, four minutes left, he, he had a huge three to, to to cut the deficit. um, and And they just, you know, they really rode his coattails in this one. So before we get to anybody else, what did you think of Kyrie's performance? 38 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals.
0: I mean, the dude was unbelievable offensively.
1: 14-36 from the field, fifty-four percent, eight of nine from the line. He was two of six from three.
0: I mean, he was he was unbelievable, but he also, because of the attention he draws, and I'll get to my I had a butt that you interrupted me on, but I'll get to the good stuff first. The attention he draws allowed Bruce Brown. To come out of his shell and hit some huge threes. Bruce Brown went three for five from three. So he shot 60% from three, 50% from the field for 15 points. That doesn't happen if Kyrie's not present. Because they're yes. not even two, three guys at a time are not looking out of the corner of their eye to see what Kyrie's gonna
1: do. That three that Bruce Brown hit, I think it was to put the Nets up one, maybe, where it was 116 to 115. Or I forget what the final score was, but or what 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 he what the score was after he hit that three. But that was such a big three. His confidence level, you can see it since Harden has left, is so much higher. It's where it was last year when he was playing well, right? Because there were times last year where we all loved Bruce Brown. We would joke, Bruce Brown to the All-Star game. Ha, <laughs> Very funny. Um, but, no, the, the fact that he went three of five from three, the fact that he's got his confidence back, he's got his swagger back, he's making plays – That's all we need him to do. He's going to have wide-open looks. He's just got to hit 30 to 40% of them. And and, and that three in the fourth quarter, I didn't think he was capable of a shot like that. But he proved me wrong. Nice little
0: rainbows. He He was confident, too. He didn't even hesitate on that. So, listen, Kyrie offensively, juggernaut, unstoppable. But he opened doors for guys like Bruce Brown and Seth Curry, We cannot rely on Seth Curry to be our number one scorer after coming to the team two weeks ago and then putting everything on his back. Like he said last game with the Celtics, and we'll get to the Celtics game next. Nobody can hit a shot. Seth Curry, Patty Mills got cold at a certain point. Okay, why are Seth Curry and Patty Mills our two biggest threats on offense? That shouldn't be the case. So Kyrie does a lot more than just score in terms of opening up the floor, giving other players a a chance to kind of be complimentary players to him. The only mistake Kyrie made uh, was that foul on Grayson Allen at the end when they were up three um with with a minute left yes I remember luckily because I hate Duke I know you're a huge Duke guy. I hate Duke and I hate Grayson Allen for tripping every player on the court um luckily Grayson Allen did what he usually does and chokes and missed a free throw and kind of kept us going forward what's the unbelievable stat at the end of this game where it was like 19 free throws in 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 25 seconds or something yeah
1: the the last minute of this game took a while uh, the Bucs went with the let's foul mentality on every single play. And we but, hit our so, but so did the Nets, right? The Nets oh. didn't let the Bucks get a three-point shot off until the very end where Giannis missed that three. So, Which was um, actually it,
0: very smart that uh, we were fouling, but that was yeah. way too good of a look at the end. It's like we fouled for for 20 seconds. We extended the game 10 minutes to keep fouling guys who were, most of them for, for the most part, hit their free throws uh, with a couple exceptions. Drew Holiday, I know, missed one. Grayson Allen missed one. But then we give a single coverage Giannis on someone undersized, a three pointer with a second left. It was a solid look.
1: Dude, he okay. A lot has to go right for that shot to go in. First of all, Giannis is not a catch and shoot three point shooter. He's a guy who gets his feet set. He has a set shot. That pass was perfect. I forgot it was either Middleton or Holiday, right? Who threw that pass? Whoever threw the, pa- the pass was perfect. We're talking about the very end of the game where the Nets were up three. If if if, if Giannis hits a three, the game goes into overtime. Wes Matthews, okay, he threw the pass. West
0: Matthews but, threw a perfect pass offside, but, and but Bruce everything Brown had to go and started right. Giannis, and Bruce Brown didn't even put his hands up. I know because he did not want to foul him. Listen, is Giannis a catch and shoot guy? Is Giannis even a three point shooter? No, no he's but he's not. a
1: superstar on the
0: arguably the best team in the East. But, Sorry, but he Miami. He missed,
1: he missed the shot, so I don't understand. Like like the strategy worked.
0: The strategy worked, but that was too good of a look. The whole strategy was not to give him shots like All that. All right, and then we so you go into practice like and
1: you say, "Hey, if we're in that situation again, just get a hand up." No, I say we don't get that left pass. It's not okay. important. It's I, not important. I want to look. There's a lot of other guys on the Nets that need praise from that win. Okay, Andre Drummond, 17 points, 12 rebounds, a huge block on Giannis down the stretch, and also he fucking posterized Giannis on that one. Dunk. He should sure got an and one. That was that was a foul. Um, Andre Drummond, and it's funny because people are saying, Oh, we haven't had a center like this in years. It's been so-. do we do, did we forget about Jared Allen? I mean, we had a pretty damn good center who was a defensive rebounding juggernaut who this year was an all star. So, I, I love Andre Drummond. Don't get me wrong, I think Drummond's great. Let's not pretend that Jared Allen didn't have a few really good years in Brooklyn and was progressing to the point where you know, I think. I think Jared Allen's peak's probably going to be better than Andre Drummond's at, Mm -hmm. at one point or another.
0: Yes, but they're different big men. Jared Allen can shoot. He could stretch the four a little bit. He's more athletic. Drummond is literally a posterized block rebound guy, and that's it. He has nothing outside of two feet. Yes, so I will say right. it feels a little different with Drummond on the court. If I personally am, am driving, I would rather drive against Jared Allen, who's a little slimmer, a little lankier. You can kind of sneak under him a little easier, whereas Andre Drummond, I would actually be nervous about getting completely mauled can, to the ground.
1: Can so, I say something? Yeah.
0: So I agree, yes. I don't want to take any praise away from Jared Allen. He had an all-star for the Cleveland Cavaliers, his first all-star selection, and I like to think the Nets developed him into that all-star, but it is a different feeling with Drummond. And the last thing I'll say about Drummond is, honestly, he kind of got disrespected in Philly. I know he's backing up Embiid. I know he's no Embiid. Why is Drummond going from averaging a double-double almost every season of his career in Detroit going to the Sixers and playing 10 to 15 minutes well, you're, a game.
1: You're, you're forgetting. Okay. So I don't think he was disrespected in Philly. I think that he was disrespected in Los Angeles last year. I think that's where it started. I think the fact that Philly picked him up because he, he didn't have a home after the Lakers uh, were like, we're not going to resign you. Philly picks him up. He backs up and He became the best backup center in the league pretty quickly. I mean, him and Hassan Whiteside are up there for best backup centers in the league. So look, I, I think, you know, I wouldn't say that Andre Drummond's a better center than Jared Allen, but he is a big dude. We've been needing a big dude in the paint who can protect the rim, who can rebound. That is Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond is what we thought we were getting when DeAndre Jordan signed with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And DeAndre Jordan was such a disappointment, you didn't even know he was in the paint on defense half the time. But Andre Drummond is smart enough where he can, if they're if they're gonna switch, he can figure it out. He's 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 sort of surprisingly quick for how big he is, and I just I think he's so perfect for what the Nets want to do. He is the he becomes the best rebounder on the team right away. One of the best paint presences on the team on defense. And uh, I, I just think that he fits perfectly. So great I am he's hungry for him. too. He looks yeah.
0: hungry. He looks like yeah. he wants to bounce back. I mean, you're right. It started with the Lakers. But if you're looking at his averages, he averages 30 minutes a game over his career. And that's down to 20 uh, in the past season. So I think he's only, listen, he's only 28. You could tell he's hungry. You could tell he's focused on defense. His help defense against the Bucks. talk about the little things. He right. is hand spread in, in position in the corner when the ball is on the other side, creeping over to the paint. Now these are, technical basketball things, but obviously help defense is making sure you're putting yourself towards the ball at all times, always being open to the ball. You're not just face guarding your opponent and kind of taking yourself completely out of the equation when the ball's on the other side of the court. He looks focused. He looks determined. It's an energy I didn't see. I love DeAndre Jordan, but he was never going to match that. He was never going to have that full court presence. So uh, I got to say props to Drummond. I'm almost, I was almost like more excited for Seth Curry. I was more excited for Seth Curry than Drummond. We'll get to Seth Curry. 53% 53% shooter in the well, last two
1: games. 19 I, and think, I think Drummond was kind of a throw-in in this trade. But Drummond almost feels a bigger need. I know. I know. Um, I'll say this. Last year, the Nets kryptonite was Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's because our big men were Blake Griffin, uh, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. They were a bunch of guys who aren't Andre Drummond. And you look what happened in that game. That's what we need in the playoffs, man. Oh, and Nick Claxton, by the way, whenever he plays guys like Giannis, he usually gets bitched. I'm just going to be real with you because he doesn't have that muscle. So Andre Drummond is is who we could have used last year in the postseason. We can definitely use him this year. Love what he's been given the Nets. Let's get to Seth Curry, okay? 19 points for Seth Curry. Consistently, without Kevin Durant, he becomes our best scorer. During home games, right? Because I would say he's more consistent than Cam Thomas at this point. Yes, Patty Mills. I mean, we we're not going to get into Patty. R- Seth shoots at are ridiculously high percentage. Yeah, yeah. He's I think top of the league. I think he's top five. So I mean, he was he you know twenty nine minutes. He scored nineteen points. He had a great game. Um, some some really just just nice shooting from the mid range from him. He's he down the, the list, floor,
0: especially without Joe Harris. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yes. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: It's, it's a role that we need filled. That's why
0: when he came, I was like, wow, I love Seth Curry. He's an unbelievable shooter, but we kind of have Joe Harris. We don't have Joe Harris right now, and Seth Curry has, has filled those shoes probably better than Joe could do because, listen, Joe's not a 22-point guy. Joe's right. a 12- to 15-point guy at his best.
1: Right. Um, yeah, no, absolutely love Seth Curry. I think you hit all the great points there. Uh, I mentioned Bruce Brown. He had 15 points in this when you mentioned the three threes. James Johnson, huge block. For James Johnson down the stretch, I, who did he block? Do you remember? Was it Middleton? I don't remember. Was it, it But it was a huge block down the stretch. It was a three point three point shot he blocked, and then I mean last oh last wasn't night,
0: it wasn't it Portis? It might have been Portis. I'm pretty sure it was Portis in the corner, right? You're talking all the way back left yeah. corner. Yeah, I think he blocked. Look, in the
1: corner. obviously with Javon Carter gone, and by the way, it was very funny to see Javon Carter in a Bucks uniform. Weird, weird, very weird. <laughs> um, and him. I'm by we never talked about this, but happy the nets waved him to make room for goran dragic because in 14 minutes last but not least goran dragic had 6 points um but it was it was a lot more than that just Drogic's presence on the floor as a veteran knowing knowing how to play the game the right way you know he he has such a, com- a command that you don't get from Patty Mills, you didn't get from Javon Carter. I mean, Kyrie gives you that, but you know Kyrie's looking to score. Goran Dragic, outside of Kevin Durant is one of the smartest players on this team from an offensive standpoint. So really nice to see him kind of kind of get involved in the offense and in the game plan. I think he's not gonna play a ton right now. I think he's gonna get 14, 15 minutes a game, and then we'll see in the playoffs. Um, but he he gave the Nets some good minutes. Not everybody has
0: to know. Sorry, yeah. not continuous
1: stats. No, I was going to say nine points for Cam Thomas, but not. Moran Dragic. Yeah. The yeah. dragon. The yes. dragon,
0: as they call him. Oh, he's yeah. one of my favorite players of all time. He is such a sneaky lefty point guard. He could shoot. He's got X factor. He could be score first. He could take a step back. He's never selfish. He's a smart player. He is aging. 35 years old. He is towards the latter part of his career. Uh, this is, to me, such an underrated and brilliant signing to bring in a veteran and a talented person like Goran Dragic who takes smart shots. He knows when his time comes. He's clutch. He drives with no fear. Man, I I could not speak high, more highly of, of Goran Dragic. The only thing I could say is I wish we got him five years ago.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was a signing that was a surprise because a lot of people thought that he would sign with one of the top teams in the league. And people underestimated his relationship with Steve Nash. It took one dinner in Miami for Nash to fly out there. there are, I don't know where the dinner was. I think it might have been in Miami, but Nash and him meet. And he's like, hey, remember we used to play together? We were buddies. You know, you looked up to me. Boom, you get him on the team. Um, and I think the Nets give Drajica a pretty good opportunity to contribute to a championship winning team. I mean, this um, dude
0: over his career, fourteen points a game, shooting forty six percent and five assists. He's just not solid I don't even, guard.
1: Yeah, he's solid, but I don't even care about the stats, Nick. He's just a floor general. I agree. And you didn't you didn't get that with Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, or Ben Simmons, really. And we'll see how the Nets use Ben Simmons. I'm very very excited to see what happens there. But if I do have Drogba yeah. and Kyrie on the floor you yeah. have two
0: guys who can completely create and drive. You know, so if you throw right. in Seth Curry, Patty Mills, or Joe Harris when he's healthy, you have two guys who could essentially create such open, clear shots for these shooters. I mean, listen, if we're, I mean, we're not even throwing Durant in the mix at this time, but this is now such an offensive shooter-heavy offense, more so than it's ever been with the acquisition of Seth Curry and Dragic. So just just very excited. I almost think... The only person now, after getting rid of Carter, after picking up Drummond, Curry, and uh, Androgy, the only person I don't
1: like on the court is James Johnson. James Johnson. Yep, yep. We're I think every Nets fan agrees with us. uh, Us there, Uh, Johnson does a few good things a game, but the bad things he does far outweigh the good things. Um, And then finally, the Marcus Aldridge had 11 points off the bench. I mean, L.A. is going to at least give you 10 every night, hopefully more. Two Um, big free throws.
0: Two big free throws. Two big
1: free throws for Marcus Aldridge. I think him and Drummond are such a great duo at the center position. I think I said this two weeks ago. They just do such different things, but they're so productive of what they do. So if you want the scoring threat at the five, you throw L.A. in there, boom, he's going to give you four to five mid-range shots a game. You want that down-low offensive rebounding presence – Drummond's going to kill the other team on the boards. It's just pick your poison if you're the if you're the other team. You know what I mean? Um, all right, you ready to get to the Celtics? You have any final words on that Bucks win? Big
0: win, my buddy, my roommate Eric took Nets nine and a half, and he said it was a no brainer. I didn't listen to him. I haven't been betting much lately anyway, and of course I don't like betting on our squad. But he called it. He showed
1: me the phone. We were out at the bar. They came back and won. Crazy game. I'll do you one better, Eric. I took Nets money line. Did you actually? I 100 did ten dollars in Nets money line. I think the payout was. 46 good for you hell yeah bro i i, I texted mike besaglia shout out mike delivers he does a, a nets Knicks fan uh podcast called bad weather fans um i texted him and we were going back and forth and, and we both said we had a good feeling about that game
0: the last thing we i right. want to say this this is unnets nets related but drew holiday who i think is one of the best guards in the league not only defensively i just think he's such an asset to any team and, and deserved a championship more than most last year that free throw that he missed at the end, it just like breaks my heart. It's like you you can't you wanna be an elite player in this league. You can't miss clutch free throws during the regular season, not even talking about the playoffs that you just can't can't do it. And I love seeing Grayson Allen do it, but I didn't love seeing Drew Holiday do it.
1: The things that you take away from these games are bizarre. Like 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 we're a Nets podcast. I have
0: emotional connections you, to you, players.
1: You feel for the guy who won a championship last year missing a free throw in a regular season game, like yeah, it breaks your empathy. heart, yeah.
0: It's called empathy. First of all, are you a basketball fan? Do you, Is every other player to you just obsolete if they're not on the nets? Who did you grow up loving? Because Goran Dragic and Drew Holiday from 15 years old are two of my favorite point guards in the league. The guy, heart. Makes, have a guy a fucking makes
1: fucking heart. millions of dollars a year. He's a, he's a champion. He's an Olympian. He's oh. a gold medalist. But he misses a free throw in a regular season game against a team we root for, and it breaks your heart. Yeah. I digress. We're going to move on. Yeah. We're going to move on to the Celtics game was not as fun of a watch for nets fans uh 129 106 i mean there's not much to break down here tatum absolutely toyed with us throughout this game 30 points for tatum uh 18 for Jalen brown 15 for marcus smart smart only had 15 it seemed like he had 30 because he just did not miss from three uh no kyrie in this one this was a home game for the Nets, so of course we got destroyed 22 points for seth curry in 31 minutes the next highest guy was Bruce Brown with 15, Kessler Edwards Edwards with 13 points. Uh, not a ton of takeaways in this game. I, I mean, you know, the Celtics were out in the first quarter, up 35 to 22, and they just never looked back. Um, this was a tough one for the Nets, I, I guess, to get up for. After the All-Star break, you have all the news surrounding Kevin Durant, surrounding Kyrie Irving, surrounding Ben Simmons. You don't have any of those guys for this game uh and and you just get blown out by a celtics team that before the other night they lost to indiana they were probably the hottest team in the east
0: i fucking hate the celtics i mean yeah th- there's not much to say about this game celtics shot 54 percent. we shot 41 they had seven guys in double digits we can't win a game when bruce brown's our second leading scorer with 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 no superstar on the floor i mean i said this before talking about the bucks seth curry is not a number one he's he's a number two, maybe, on a Sixers team without Ben Simmons. In in reality, let's think about this, right? Durant, Kyrie, Simmons, I'd almost argue you want the ball in Aldridge's hands a little bit more than Curry when it comes to scoring. So you're looking at Curry being in the three-to-five range for our go-to guy. You don't expect him to win, and we don't expect him to win when he's our number one against a full-throttle uh, healthy Celtics team who's on a run. Tatum, Jalen, two, two all-stars, two incredible players. I hate Marcus Smart, but you got to give him respect sometimes. He shoots 30% and then keeps hucking it until he gets hot. So a tough game, to be honest. I turned this off partially uh, through just because it was a massacre. We just look out of sorts. We look a little jumbled up. I mean, this is a team, what, they're 6th in the East, we're 8th in the East. We're not going to compete without our best guys.
1: You're absolutely right. Two things needed to happen in this game for us to have any shot. The Celtics needed to miss more shots than they did. They needed to shoot less efficiently than whatever percentage you gave me before. And I needed Cam Thomas and LaMarcus Aldridge to have huge games because if you have Curry getting 22 and you can somehow get Aldridge to get 20 plus and Cam to get 20 plus, I know that's asking a lot, but those two guys are capable of scoring 20 on any given night. So I wanted, I needed that for us to be in this game. Cam Thomas finished with uh, 10 points in 30 minutes and Aldridge had nine points in 17 minutes. You're right. Your your second leading scorer is Bruce Brown. It's not going to get you a W. So is what it is. First game out of the All-Star break. We're rusty. Second game, we we get against the Bucs. Um, The only other thing I'll say about that Celtics
0: game on my end is uh, Drummond can't get out-rebounded by Seth Curry and Bruce Brown, both individually. I know they're playing a little bit more minutes than he is. We got out-rebounded by 10 by this Boston team that really isn't a a, a front-court heavy team. They got um, Time Lord, got to respect Robert Williams. I think they got Tice back too, right? Um, I'm not – did he play in this one?
1: He did. He played garbage time, I believe.
0: Yeah, I didn't see him get much time. Yeah, I washed up old Al Horford getting 13 rebounds. I'm sorry. You got a 28-year-old Drummond. He needs to dominate the paint. Uh, We now, with Drummond, are considered a, a bigger team. If we have Durant healthy, Aldridge, Drummond, Claxton healthy, we have good guys down low. We can't get out rebounded by kind of a more guard stretch three, four Celtics team by 10.
1: You're forgetting the, the muscle on our team, Blake Griffin.
0: I forgot about Blake Griffin a long time ago.
1: All right. We have to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. I did not want to watch James Harden play in a Sixers uniform, but on Sunday I went out with my parents. Uh, Nick wasn't there. We went to some breweries. We ended up at this bar and they had the Nick Sixers game on. So I was forced to watch. And I got to say, Harden is such a fucking bullshit artist. I don't think he ever had a hamstring injury. I really don't. I think that he was I done said with that the
0: Nets, and nobody believed me. I said, I believe
1: that. you. I think he was done with the Nets those last few games. Sits out of the All Star weekend because it'd, it'd be a really bad look if he played in that All Star weekend. You know, post post that trade, and then he comes back, plays a game against the Timberwolves. Uh, the Sixers had. No problems with the Timberwolves. He looked pretty good in that game, but that wasn't, that wasn't a tough game. And then in this one against the Sixers, Harden goes for 29 points, 10... Re- I'm sorry, against the Knicks. 29 points, 10 rebounds, 16 assists. And here is the stat that chaps my ass, Nick. Five steals for the man who couldn't defend anybody in Brooklyn. Joel Embiid, 37 points, nine rebounds. I I think the fucking... 76ers, they set some type of record or they were on pace. I think both those guys shot a okay. So Harden had 10 free throw attempts, 10 made free throws, and then Joel Embiid had 27 free throw attempts, 23 free throws made. They looked unstoppable, but but I'll tell you this, and I'll let you react. This is the same honeymoon phase that we had with James Harden when he came and he dominated in his first game against the Orlando magic. I think he played the Knicks early on. He had a great game against the Knicks. We went through this honeymoon phase. It happened. Harden was our boy. And then he got hurt and then the playoffs happened. Still our boy. Obviously he wasn't himself in that series against the bucks. No one blames him for that. Although he, he might've, I don't know. It might've been better if he didn't play, but this season we have gotten a less efficient James Harden. I'm talking about in Brooklyn, a less efficient James Harden, Uh, a James Harden that's not giving the same effort that he gave last year, a guy that doesn't trust his teammates, a guy that isn't playing hard for his teammates, a guy that gave up on the nets the last few games he played there. And And I'm not saying that some of the onus shouldn't be on Kyrie. When I blame Harden, I'm not taking the blame off Kyrie. Both those guys are, availability regardless, are responsible for the, where the Nets are right now. And yes, KD's injury obviously plays a part in that too. But what James Harden did for the Nets the last few games and all of it, I, I thought he didn't have it anymore. I was like, yo, he he seems to step slow. He's a, he's a borderline top 20 player right now. I know he's still putting up 20 and 10, but it's an inefficient 20 and 10. Lo and behold, he comes to the Sixers and in two games, he has been playing flawless basketball and showing an effort that I have not seen from him since last season. So I'm just, I'm fed up. I don't want to watch this dude play basketball for the Sixers. I know I'm going to have to on March 10th, but I mean, tell me I'm crazy with with my feelings right now.
0: I agree. It is the honeymoon phase. Same one we experienced. Um, I also got to give a shout out to Harden doing something similar to what Kyrie does for Seth Curry. Harden has created uh, an animal out of Tyrese Maxey and has cleared so much floor space for Maxey to become that third guy. Cause fuck Tobias Harris. Maxie in the last two games since Harden joined averaging 17 points a game before 28 and 21 off the bat and he it lanes look wide open for him because the attention Harden and the beat are getting so that's a big plus for them let's not forget that Simmons wasn't playing so everyone right. out there like holy shit the Sixers are, are unbelievable now the Sixers didn't have their second best player now they have A second or arguably first best player, whether you want to say Embiid or Harden, obviously two entirely different players. All they did literally was trade Seth Curry for James Harden and they threw in their backup center drummond who they were barely giving any time to. So they just added Harden for an above average three-point shooter. No beef on Seth Curry. I love Seth Curry on this Nets team. He's a role player.
1: He's not a he's not a superstar. He's not a, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, I think he's better than a role player now. Fine. I think he was a role player. I think he I think he's in that like tier. He's two. a top tier role player.
0: Sure. But okay. But he's doesn't hold a candle to being a top 25 player or being a James Harden. So all these Sixers fans who are so incredibly excited, listen, I I I I'm happy for you guys, not really. It's going to wear <laughs> off. It's 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 nothing crazy. You literally didn't have Simmons, so you just got a huge upgrade. All right. We don't even have half our guys healthy, so we can't even judge our team yet. Um, with that said, it's not, I never thought Harden was injured. I never thought Harden was slowing down. Look at his career. He's always picked and choose when he wanted to play. Well, when he wanted to put effort in, when he gets tired of a team, like you do with the nets, he rides the bench and milks a fake injury. Doesn't feel like putting in anymore. He comes to the Sixers. The fan base embraces it with open arms. He wants to put on the greatest show ever. He doesn't want to disappoint. He wants to be the man wherever he goes. He gives it his all. He feeds Embiid down low. He hits some open threes. He pats his stats. He looks great. But this isn't something to get overhyped about for Sixers fans. It isn't something to be super mad about for Nets fans either. Okay, we believe in the trade. We believe in the future and the potential of this trade when our guys start to come back, when Simmons plays. And I heard he's close. And I love seeing Simmons on the Nets bench. That's really cool to see because obviously he wasn't even fucking part of that Sixers organization over the last few months. So I- I'm, not as, I'm not as bothered by you are by this. Listen, Harden's put up those numbers for us. He put up those numbers in Houston. He'll put up those numbers wherever he goes. Uh, uh, we can't say two games in Harden's a new Harden. He's going to be the same indecisive. Easy to easy to get perturbed, Harden that we've seen in the past year.
1: And 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 I'm counting down the games until there's that team faces some adversity and it goes south and something happens between him and Embiid. I'm telling you, it's, there's no way they ride the way that they've been playing against the Timberwolves and the Knicks all the way to the playoffs. They're going to be in it. Don't worry, like they're going to have a shot. Sixers fans, you guys will have a shot. But I think something's going to go south. There's no way that this ends the way you guys want it to. I just I just don't see it. Um, and by the way, I also say like, congrats, the the Sixers beat the Knicks and the T-Wolves. Right. It was, it was shit competition. You're right. It was bad. I get that. And that's why I'm not totally freaking out right now. But the fact that he just looks like all of a sudden he's back to, to, you know, old MVP James Harden in two games, that just bothers me. But I digress. And then he's saying, oh, I just, I just love to hoop. That's what I love to do. Yeah. You didn't love that the last few games in Brooklyn. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I don't know where you heard that Ben Simmons is close because the reports that I'm seeing are he had some, he has some back flare ups during his rehab. And uh, I mean, everyone's optimistic. He's going to be back before the playoffs, but but we don't know how soon now that's that game against the Sixers is on March 10th. A lot of people don't think he wants to play in that game. So some people think that there might be a Ben Simmons return after that. I think that's bullshit. I think that if he, if he can play in that game, he's going to play in that game. Okay. You can't, not stick up to the bully eventually and for him the bully is the 76ers he's got to stick up to them i I think i don't think that that them playing them on march 10th is holding him back from a return but i did see that he's going through some some uh some type of rehab he is back flared up and and they're sort of monitoring the situation day by day i mean listen even if it's playoffs
0: that's that's a month that's a month and a couple weeks away so it's all relatively soon
1: real quick two more segments before we finish the show uh mandate news so my takeaway from this this mandate update in regards to the vaccination is that New York City is a Knicks town. Didn't want to admit it, but it's become it's gotten to a point where it's so ridiculous. So for those who everyone's seen at this point, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, said that on March seventh, they're going to lift mandate uh, uh, vaccination mandates in the city. For anyone who's in a public sector, so going to a concert, going uh, to a Knicks game, going to anything, you don't need a vaccination card. And initially, Nets fans thought this was great. Hey, Kyrie can play again. He doesn't need the vaccine. Not so fast. There is a clause in there that doesn't affect the private sectors. And the last tweet I read, and I'll read it to you now, Nick, is that Emma G. Fitzsimmons at Emma G. G. F. She is the City Hall Bureau Chief in the New York Times. She said that Eric Adams says his health advisors encouraged him to keep New York City's va- vaccine mandate for municipal workers and private employers to create a safe environment for employees. That pertains to Kyrie Irving. March 7th does not affect Kyrie Irving. If he wants to go watch in Nets game, he absolutely can. You don't need a vaccine to watch. A Nets game, you just need a vaccine to play in a Nets uniform. Extremely hypocritical, extremely stupid, but this is where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, it's not worth talking about it. It's it's a time-sensitive thing, and it's frustrating as Nets fans, but can't control what the rules are. We just got to sit back and hope something goes our way sometime soon.
1: I mean, we can't control what the rules are. Eric Adams can
0: control what the rules are. Hey, let's not point fingers, all right? Jamal Adams, Devontae Adams... There's a bunch of Adams out there and they make their own rules. John Adams, John Quincy Adams. John Adams? Yeah, good Hamilton reference.
1: <laughs> Shout out Lynn Manuel Miranda, you genius. It's Manuel. Lynn Manuel Miranda, you're still a genius. All right, final segment. It's called Learn About the Shannon Brothers. We're going to do some goofy segments to end end our podcast now because we talk too much basketball on here. You guys want to get to know us. You know nothing about us. So we're going to start with with five questions that should really sort of give you guys an idea of who me and my brother Nick are. So we'll start. Nick, what is the worst place for you to have an itch? Uh, I guess like the butt. Yeah, that's actually my answer too. I've been thinking about that all day. Okay. It's because when you're in public, you can't do it. You have to go to the bathroom to, to scratch your hiney. Yeah, I can do it in public. You just got to be a little sneaky about it. You can get away with it. I can't because you have like a, a thinner figure than me. Like like skinny guys can get away with it. Fat guys like me, we can't get away with it. Yeah, you. you thanks for saying I'm not fat. I speak the truth. Continue. <laughs> still, still silence. All right, number two. How many drinks until you're wasted? No matter what the drink is. Yeah. Wasted? I'd say 10. Oh, buddy. 10 drinks? Are you fucking Andre talking, the Giant? I mean,
0: beers, yeah. If we're talking like you're getting me a nice strong vodka, sodi, maybe five or six, six or seven.
1: No, I'm, I'm 10. I guess I got like a lot of weight on you, and I've been drinking longer than you, and I'm a better drinker than you. I don't
0: know, dude. I've been drinking a lot lately. I might have a problem. You think you drink more than me?
1: I got a beer right now.
0: No, I think you drink less, but more frequent than I do. You drink less volume, but more frequently. Yeah, I'll but if I weekends, need to amp off up time. and
1: I, I have to go hard and you and me, if you and me are slugging beers, I can, I can drink more beers. Than I don't know. Your puke tolerance is so, is so low. Dude. <laughs> right. My answer is I would say 10 too, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being overzealous. Maybe it was like 10 in my prime. Yeah. You would All right. Number your three, your ideal type of sandwich.
0: Oh, it's easy. It's a uh, uh, turkey cold cut, bacon, cheddar, um, lettuce, tomato, mayo. So it's like a like a turkey BLT with cheese and mayo.
1: That doesn't sound very good.
0: And if they have chipotle mayo, but good chipotle mayo. Don't just take don't just take mayo and put some fucking chipotle spice in there. I want a nice homemade, nice consistency chipotle mayo for a little bit of a kick.
1: All right, my perfect sandwich. You get two pieces of semolina bread. I'm gonna you get guess. some.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, well, it's tough because I think you have like a nice hot sandwich. You'd go with like a vodka parm.
1: Wrong. But right. I
0: think, but if you're going cold, which you're probably you're going like Mutz, prosciutto, and some like red peppers or something. Oh, pesto. Pesto. So,
1: okay. So my sandwich is semolina bread, pesto as mm-hmm. the lubricant on the mm-hmm. sandwich, fresh mozzarella. Yep. Progetto or yep. soppressata. I've been doing soppressata lately. And you add a chicken cutlet in there with some arugula, bro. I thought
0: that sandwich roasted
1: red peppers. No, I'm not a crazy red peppers guy anymore. I went through that phase back when I was 24, 25. I kind of grew out of it. Oh, we all Um, been
0: there, the red pepper phase. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't, I don't do it as much anymore. But yeah, chicken cutlet sopressata, fresh moles, or the sot can be prosciutto, pesto, semolina bread, little arugula. That is your. That is the best sandwich. And if you want to be a little frisky with it, you can do. the red pepper spread, like the spicy chili red pepper spread. I like that. All right. Number four, something that really grinds your gears.
0: Um, I would say when people give a attitude for no reason, that's, that's a pet peeve of mine. Like, listen, I know everyone's having a bad day sometimes, but I don't know about your bad day and I did not do anything about your bad day. So if I say hi to you and you just give me like a snarky response back, I don't want to talk to you anymore.
1: That's fair. Um, I guess what grinds my gears is when someone is just very like you're. You're speaking with someone. It's it's not a friend. It's more of a stranger. Say like you're at a McDonald's or something. You're getting an order, and the person behind the counter is just taking their time with everything. I don't want to say if a person's slow because that isn't nice. I would never say that. But what I mean, like like I was at um, Starbucks the other day, and the woman at the drive-through was having a conversation with her employer employee, like as I'm sitting there and she goes, hold on for a second. And she spoke to them for two minutes and then turned to me and said, what would you like? Like when someone just doesn't. What if the employees like grandma died? No, I don't think that was it. When someone doesn't value your time, that grinds my gears. Okay. Or when someone over explains something and you're like, I I got it. Yeah, you got it. All right. Number five, if we could have anybody associated with the nets at any point in history on this show, who would it be? Ask Carter questions,
0: bro. We both know it's Richard Jefferson.
1: Eh, I would say Lawrence Frank.
0: What? Yeah, Lawrence Frank. Frank's is, Lawrence Frank is on like my bottom 10, like who do I want to watch get knocked over in a porter potty? Like I don't like – it's Richard Jefferson and this podcast is over. You're an idiot.
1: All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Nick, could you give me a good Catch You on the Fireside? Catch You on the Fireside. I, I said
0: a good one. That's all I got.